right, hey, everybody, come on in. Find your seat. I'm seeing all sorts of people. If I just stop halfway through the message and like give a wink and a gun, dude, what's up? Yo, find me afterwards, all right? Chicago Bulls, let's talk, all right? Cool. Yeah, good. Hey, welcome, guys. Glad to be here. Glad to be here tonight, man. We, um, tonight, tonight we're taking a twist in our story. How many people like stories? You like a good story, right? Well, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a group of students, and they were so excited to learn about their faith, and they were so excited to learn about Jesus, and so they came to this weird room every Wednesday night, and like, even after being in school all day, they said, we're still going to go and sit down longer, and it was crazy, and they all died. <laughs> yeah, weird story. So um, anyway, totally unrelated. Welcome to Citizens. I'm just kidding, man. That was a completely random story. But hey, my name is Sam. I see a lot of new faces. Um, if I don't know you, come and say hello afterwards. Let's connect. Let's hang out. I'm glad that you guys are here. But what we're about to do for the next few moments is important. We're going to actually, right now, you guys, you'll, you'll put away all your cell phones. You'll, you'll look around to our upperclassmen over here and those who normally come to Citizens. You'll see that we're usually not on our phones. Because um, let's be real. Let's be honest. How many people are addicted to the device? Hi, my name is Sam, and I'm addicted to my device. Hi, Sam. Right? Let's be real, all right? Shh, shh, shh. Here at Citizens, we're, uh, we're real, and uh, we have no problem confessing our addictions. And so, uh, yeah, put away your cell phones. Um, here at Citizens, we, we like to get out our Bibles for this time, so if you don't have a Bible, um, talk to me. I will give you one. I will literally gift it to you. If you need wrapping paper on it to make it official, can it, uh, 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 Katie will do that for you here. So go ahead, put, you can silence your phones. Shh. You guys can go ahead and silence your phones and your Snapchats and all of your other devices there and your flashlights that you're blinking. And um, go ahead and open up your Bible. Go ahead and open up your Bible to the book of Ruth. And so for the last few weeks, just like any story, um, just like any movie that you guys watch, just like anything on Netflix, any good piece of literature, there are parts of the story, can I say it this way? There's parts of the story that are more enjoyable than the other parts. You know what I'm saying? There's parts of the story that you read it and you're crying and you're like, oh my gosh, I hate this book. And then the next chapter, you're like crying for different reasons. You're like, I can't, I will never put the book down, right? And then there's like other books that you're reading. The guys are like, I've never done that with a book, bro. I'm like, I know, man. You'll grow up one day, right? I was reading a book and my wife, she like, she could see that I was visibly like, moved, right? Like I was kind of upset. I'm not going to say crying because that would be a lie, right? But I was like, my face was just, you know what I'm talking about guys, right? It was just like a dang kind of face. And she's like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I miss my friends. And she's like, what are you talking about? You miss your friends. I go, I just finished a book and I've been hanging out with them for like three weeks. I just miss them. You know what I mean? Anybody ever? Come on. You're like, I don't even read books, Sam. Let's move on. Deal. I'll read it to you tonight, all right? Um, and then we'll do Hooked on Phonics after class. So anyway, listen, every story, there's parts of the story that you're pumped about. There's parts of the story that you like, and you're like, this is awesome. And then there's parts of the story that are more sad than others. And so the last two weeks, right, the first week, sh sh the first week was our pre prelude. And we talked about the ashes, remember? Remember I almost lit the building on fire? Um, but the illustration worked, okay? It made the point. And so the first week we were left with ashes and Naomi's entire life, her dreams, everything that she thought life was gonna be went up in flames. 
And all we were left with were the ashes. And then the next week, she's leaving Moab. And do you remember Act 1, Scene 1? Tears in Moab. And we have her two daughters-in-law, the only people that are left with her in her entire life. She tells them, hey, go back to where you're from. Go back to Moab. One of them goes and the other one stays. And her name was Ruth. And that's where we meet Ruth. And so finally, and the reason why I'm telling you is finally we come to a point of the story today where after ashes and things are lit on fire, after tears in Moab, we finally come to a part of the story today where all of us can just, and there's hope in the fields. Are you guys ready for some good news today? Do you guys want to have some hope in the story, right? All the boys brought their tissues because the last two weeks they were hot messes. You won't need those today, boys, okay? The ladies are going to console you, but we have some hope today. And so I want you guys to open up your Bibles. We're in Ruth, and we're going to break down chapter two. So are you guys ready? Yeah. Are we doing this for real? Like, do you want, you want to hear the book? You want to hear the rest of the story? Yeah. Do you guys, but man, 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 time out. I need everybody to stop talking right now. Please listen to me. All right. Listen to me. Listen to me. Right. We're not reading stories just because it's story time, okay? We're not reading stories because they're little fables and we may have like a good moral nugget at the end and you can be good boys and girls. No, no, we're reading these stories because we believed that the God that we just sang to, he inspired these. And God, students, I believe this is not just a story about the past. If you guys are here right now, if you lean in, if you engage, if you follow along and say in your own words, in your own heart, God, speak to me. There's a message here for you today, and God can speak to you. The scripture is useful for teaching and, and training us in righteousness. So with that said, do you guys want to do this? Let's do this. All right, Ruth chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Let me get my, my story voice on. <clears throat> here we go. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. All right, time out. Everybody right now, everybody in the room, I want you to reach on your chair. I want you to grab your notes and open them up and you're gonna find a sticky note, okay? Everybody grab a pen, grab a sticky note right now. Quick, 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 quick. And I want you to write down these words on the sticky note, all right? Everybody quick, 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 quick. Write these down, write these down. Say, and they may be on the screen. Boaz, right, don't repeat it, just say it, right? Boaz colon, not the word, the punctuation, okay? Boaz colon, a man of the clan. Write that down, okay? Write that down. Look what it says, verse one. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan. Show it to me. If you wrote it down, show it to me. Show it to me. Hurry up, write it down and wave it to me. Show me you got it. Take the sticky note off. I need the sticky note. Now everybody do this. Take your sticky note. Aleni, what's up, dude? Take your sticky note. Ready? Sit on it. Literally, sit on it, all right? Good, very good. Sit on the sticky note. Sticky side down, okay? Otherwise, you'll find it in your laundry tonight. Sit on the sticky note, okay? You know when you're watching a movie? Yeah, yeah, sit on it. Michael, no, no, sit. Thank you. Out of sight, out of mind. Show me your sticky note if, you still don't, if you're not sitting on it. Bad. Sit on it. Okay, here we go. You know when you're watching a movie and like the first scene, there's like this weird thing happening and you're like, what is that even about? And then all of a sudden it's like, gee, flashback, six years earlier. And you have to like watch the whole movie to find out what that scene was all about. That's verse one, okay? There was this dude, and write it on your page, he was a man of the clan. What? Man of the clan, all right? Pause. Let's keep going. Verse two now. Here's where our story picks up, okay? 
Start, we're in chapter two, verse two. Now Ruth the Moabite, now Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I, might, I, I shall find favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers and happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. All right, so the first thing we see here, ready? Here's the first scene of our second act, Ruth's practical plan, okay? So Ruth, remember, remember her mother-in-law, Naomi? Let's do, a little, let's do a little multiple choice quiz here for review. True, uh, multiple choice. Ruth or, or Naomi was A, happy, or B, bitter. She was bitter, right? So Naomi comes back and she's a hot mess, right? She's like, don't even call me Naomi, call me bitter because I'm bitter. And you're like, original Naomi, but she's just depressed, right? She's heavy, she's sad. Her entire life was in ashes. And now you can imagine Ruth, right? Imagine you're Ruth and you have your arm around your mother-in-law and you're like, there, there, it's gonna be okay. But we better get some food in this house otherwise we're gonna starve, right? You're like, I know you feel like dying, but I'm too young to die, so I have a plan. How about I go and I can get some food in the pantry, right? And Naomi's like, what do you mean? How are we gonna get food in the pantry? And she's like, I have an idea. I will go glean in the fields. How many people glean here? Any gleaners, right? Third period gleaning class, yep. I took that too, right? No, no, you're not gleaners. Let me explain to you what gleaning was, okay? Let me explain to you what gleaning was, because it was really cool. In the Old Testament, in ancient Israel, Let's say you have one of those like sickle things, right? Like whing, take out your sword and you're like, oh, it's game time. It's harvest time. And so all the stalks, you ever like drive by a cornfield and there's like the stalks, right? That's like kind of what grain is, there's stalks and stuff. And you're like, whooshing, and, and you're cutting the stalks, right? And so you cut them, you grab them, you bundle them. Three easy steps. Whoosh, whooshing, whoosh, bundle, whoosh, you bundle. You seeing it right now? Do you see my bundle of, of, sh of sheenings? Um, right? Sheaves, they're called, right? And so you have this bundle. And how many of you guys have ever like been trying to carry laundry up the steps and you know you should have like two trips and you're like, nah, dude, I'm getting this in one, right? Yeah. Guilty. And what do you drop every time you're up those stairs like this with your laundry, right? Socks! Those socks have a mind of their own, don't they? And so it's like you're walking and you leave the socks and then what do you do? I can get it and you bend down and get the sock, and then you drop everything else, and it's like an hour later, you finally get up to the bed, and you don't care how long it took, because you're like, bam, I got it in one trip, and you're like, you missed the point of saving time, right? But anyway, that's exactly what it was like when they were carrying these sheaves, right? So they're like, whooshing, and they're getting all the wheat, whooshing, and they're getting all the wheat, and they're getting bundles, but inevitably, what would happen as they're collecting their bundles? Some of it would fall. So they have this big pile of, of, of grain, these big stalks, and without fail, every time, some of the grain would fall onto the floor. And here is what God told his people to do. He said, Israel, when you're going and you're harvesting the grain, don't pick up the sheaves that you drop. Hmm. You're like, Mom, I know I dropped those socks on the steps, but the Lord said... <laughs> God told me, no, 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 but what, why is this happening here? Here's what God did. God designed a, a practice. God commanded his people that when you are taking in your income, when you are collecting your food, don't be so greedy that you have to scoop up every last penny. 
Make sense? And so he says, I want you, when you drop some on the floor, when you can only carry 90% of it back to the ox cart without, don't go back and pick it up. Leave some leftover, leave the extras because there are needy people among you. There are, there are foreigners among you. There are people who can't work, who don't own land. And so let them come behind you and glean. Let them glean from your leftovers. Make sense? And so you, you can kind of, like really quickly here, you can kind of learn something about God here, right? You can learn something about what it means to be God's people because for all of time, God has designed it. He doesn't want his people to be these greedy, I'm gonna use every last penny that I have on myself. We see God's design. He wants his people to be generous. He wants even you guys, like how many of you guys are already adulting? Anybody already adulting? How many of you guys are looking forward to adulting, right? You're like, yo, I got bills, Sam. You don't even know. I got to buy my own Slurpees. Yo, my mom, she said I got to use my own allowance if I want pizza. Oh, I'm adulting, right? Yes, cute. You'll get there, right? But it's like, students, hear this. If you're a Christian, right? If you're learning what it looks like to be God's people, you can already start practicing now. Don't use every last dollar of your income on you. Especially when you get older, don't get into debt to where you're actually spending more money than you even take in. Because if you're in debt, you can't be generous. Leave some extra. Leave some for those who are needy. Leave some for those who, are, who, are, um, who, who can't afford it. Because even the way that we handle our money can reflect how generous our God is. Make sense? So they're doing this, right? So here we go with their story. So we're doing this, they're dropping some, and Ruth says, here's my practical plan. I'm going to go out to the field, and I'm going to glean. I'm going to go out to the field, and I'm going to pick up some scraps, and maybe, mom-in-law, I can get some, few, some food for a couple days, right? How many people know she's not getting rich off of gleaning, right? Like, when I grow up, I want to be a gleaner. No, you don't, right? Like, gleaning is not very lucrative, meaning you're not going to make a ton of money off of it. Not only that, when was this book written? When does this story take place? In the time of what? The judges. Remember the time of the judges? I told you all those disgusting stories about people who did whatever they want. So I mean, not only is Ruth an outsider, not only is this already a poor gleaner, she's now going to try to get leftovers when we know that most people in this day and age are greedy and looking out for number one. Make sense? But she's gonna do it anyway. And so let's see what happens, okay? So she goes out into the field, and let's look at what happens in verse three, okay? Still in chapter two. She set out and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Those are the people, not the death reaper, not the grim reaper, the, hard, the, the grain reapers, right? So she's following the reapers, and she happened. Everybody say, huh. Whenever the Bible says, and she just so happened that you, there's some kind of like a coincidence, maybe. So everybody go, huh. All right. That was good. That's, well, who's doing, what? No, huh. We'll talk about that later, okay. And behold, check it. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. 
So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Guys, check this out, all right? This is, this is, ah, this is cool. This is an awesome story, right? So Boaz, he's the owner, right? He comes back, he's coming from wherever he's at, and he comes into the office, right? The outdoor office. He comes into work, and there's plenty of ladies there, right? I mean, there's, there's lots of ladies gleaning the sheaves, and they're going, and they're picking up the leftovers, and they're picking, and they're just collecting them, you know? There's lots of ladies, and yet for some reason, he goes, he notices Ruth. You get the idea that maybe he's attracted to her, right? He gets the idea that, whoa, I, this, this young lady, she's caught my eye. Whose is she? But look, but look what the text says. It says that Boaz was a worthy man, right? Up top, it said he's a worthy man, meaning he's an honorable man, right? You got to read between the lines. This is so cool. He's an honorable man, not a little boy. He's man, right? He's an honorable man. And he comes in and then he gives this greeting. And there's like this weird exchange. We should just do it really quick, right? He says to his, his workers, he says, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. So we're going to try that here. Ready? This is how we're going to greet each other from now on. When I say the Lord be with you, you say the Lord bless you. Okay. The Lord be with you. Thank you very much. The Lord be with you. Thank you, right? And it's like, what, what, why would you include that in the story? Because we start to see, God, listen, Linda, you got to see what kind of man Boaz is. He's a worthy man. He's an honorable man. And now he comes in. This is the time of the judges. Everyone is evil. Everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. But then here's a guy who he greets them and he goes, the Lord be with you. <laughs> Not godly people up here, right? No, but, but. Even in his greeting, guys, even in the way that he greets his workers, you're supposed to look at this and go, this is the time of the judges? We got a man on our hands. Man alert, man alert. Whoop, this is a real man, right? This is a godly man. This is an honorable man. And he notices Ruth. And now look at this. Where's my guys at? Fellas, say you. Fellas, say you. I want to talk to the fellas for a minute, okay? This is a worthy man. And so I want you to look at his example and see how he approaches this lady. Because there's maybe some lessons that we can see here, okay? Look what he does. When he sees Ruth, when he sees this attractive lady in the field, he doesn't holler at her, right? Hey, yo, lady. Oh, hey, yo, lady, what's your number, right? He's not hollering at her. He doesn't do cat calls. He doesn't disrespect her. Look what he says. And ladies, you're going to love this, all right? You're going to start highlighting this one in your Bible. You're going to like saturate your Bible with this line, all right? He doesn't say... Yo, who is that? Does he say, who is that? No, no, he says, what does he say? Is she with a man? No, no, she didn't, he didn't say that, right? Hey, you got a boyfriend? No, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say, who is that? He said, whose is that? <laughs> Fellas, you listening? Listen here, okay? You can learn something, just even about a godly man here, that he didn't treat her as some isolated individual, Okay? He recognized and he, and, he, and he honored the reality. She's a member of some family. She's a member of some community, all right? And so he asks, whose is she? And I think that's super applicable for today. That was their culture, but I think we can use a lot more of that culture here, especially in the church. Because little boys, this is what little boys like to do. Little boys, they like to isolate ladies. 
They like to get girls away from the people that love her, away from her community, away from her support structure, because they know if, that, if they're in secret and away from her community, they can be a little bit more shameful. But real men, they honor their, their community. They honor the fact that she belongs to a family and they don't try to side skirt that. Are you following me, boys? Tuck this away because you're going to be men one day, okay? And you're going to approach a lady and you're going to see a Ruth and you're going to go, whoa. And you're going to remember, be a man. Whose is she? Meaning, remember, she's someone's daughter. She's someone's friend. More importantly, she's God's child, right? So men, whose is she? And you live in light of that, okay? And so Boaz comes along and he says, whose is she? And he's talking to like the supervisor of all his workers and the supervisor comes over. He's like, the boss is here. And he puts it back in and he goes over and he goes, whose is she? And the supervisor says, oh, her? This is Naomi. This, and they've all knew about Naomi. Because remember last week, what happened when Ruth came home and Naomi came back to Bethlehem? The whole town was stirred. So everybody, it's like small town. It's kind of like school, right? Did you hear what Max did last night? Oh my God, did you hear? And it's like, everybody knows about those things, right? This is Bethlehem. She goes, hey, remember, remember the whole Naomi situation? This is that Moabite. This is the one that we heard about that converted to Yahweh. This is the one we heard about that came back with Naomi. And you gotta catch this now. I want my ladies to hear this, right? He says, this is the lady from Moab. And we know that Boaz was attracted to her, but when the camera pans to Ruth. Listen to this. Ladies, hear me. Where my ladies say, yeah? yeah? Okay, listen, listen, ladies. Boaz is attracted to her. He says, whose is she? But when the camera turns to this lady to describe her, it doesn't talk anything about outward beauty. Look what it says. He goes, whose is she? And now the narrator takes the camera and he goes, let me tell you who she is. And he look, and, and look at the description. She, he, she's the one who said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. We see that Ruth was courteous. She was a lady that she spoke with respect. She didn't come in here and be like, hey, yo, let me talk to your boss, okay? I want to talk to the manager. Who are you, chump, right? Uh-huh, right? No, she was, like, she was respectful. She, she, she didn't talk down to people. She was respectful. Ladies, that's attractive. That's attractive. She was humble. The law said that she had a right to pick up the gleanings. She had a right to pick up the sheaves, but she comes and she doesn't assume anything. She, instead, she says, can I? Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Hey, sir, can I pick up the sheaves here? Right? She's humble. She, this is not one of those ladies who felt like the world revolved around them and then gets offended when the world doesn't revolve around them. Ladies, that humility, that's attractive. She was hardworking. The boss comes in and the supervisor's like, yo, this, this Moabite lady, she came, she asked me early in the morning, she's been here all day picking up sheaves. Oh, you mean like in the second half? No, no, all day. She's going to work right now. She's hardworking, that's attractive. And then lastly, she's selfless. Why do you think she's working all hard all day? Why is she not taking a break? Why is she gleaning? Is it because she's hungry? She's gleaning for two. <laughs> Next time we're pregnant, we're gleaning for two. <laughs> right? Excuse me, I'm gleaning for two. That is not an announcement. I am not gleaning for two. Um, if that ever happens, I'll be the first to let you know. Because um, who else would let you know, I suppose. Um, but anyway, she's gleaning for two. So she's selfless. Ladies, that's attractive. Okay? 
And now ladies, understand this. You can, just like the boys can look to Boaz, I want you to look to Ruth for a second, okay? Because if you are so concerned with your outward beauty and you're failing to take care of your inward beauty, you're not becoming a godly young woman, all right? If your makeup looks good, but your heart is ugly, you missed it, okay? True beauty, ladies, all right? True beauty is an inward beauty. Ruth is the Proverbs 31 woman. Inward beauty. And so we see Boaz is a real man. Ruth, she's, she's a, a beautiful girl inside and outside. And Boaz notices her. And now look what he does next. Are you ready for this, right? You're like, this is where the, the story should like pick up the romantic music, right? Because he runs over in slow motion. No, 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 no. What is your name? My name is Ruth. And Boaz, kiss me. Okay, right? And it's like, that's not what happens. He, it's, that was weird. I'm back. Sorry, right? That's not what happens, okay? He doesn't do that. Instead, he notices Ruth. We sit, the camera pans. Ruth is beautiful. And look what happens next. This is a love story. This is beautiful, okay? Cue the music. Verse eight. Don't stop. Freeze. Okay. Then... Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? All right, you're like, why would he have to command the young men not to touch her? What time is this book taking place in? The time of the judges. Do you remember the story from the Ashes Week? Do you remember I told you about how those men who raped and killed that young lady and then her, 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 her master walks out in the morning and looks on the porch and he has to step over her dead body? Like this is a disgusting time. Everybody's doing their own thing. This is not a safe place. This is not a safe place for a young woman who has no husband to be walking around outside at night. You know what I mean? This is not a good time. Hey, ladies in the back, I know you're listening, right? Jess and Vanessa, Titus, thank you. I know that like, as she's going out at night, this is not a time where she could just wander and go, oh, I'm just gonna, don't worry about me. I don't need an escort. It's like, he's like, no, no, listen. There's some freaks out there, all right? This is not a good time. There are not godly people. I want you to stay with my team. Stay with my workers. And so right off the bat, look how kind he is to her. Look how kind he is. He gives her security. He gives her safety. This is a man. This is a love story, okay? You're like, I want to be safe. Read on, right? Look what else he says. He says, when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. All right, so here, here's she, right? She's going after the reapers. They're hired. She's not. They're gleaning for the business. She's not. She's picking up the leftovers. She's out of sight, out of mind. And yet he says, hey, when you're thirsty, you walk over to the water fountain that's reserved for my workers. And you can even drink from there. What? 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 Why is he doing this? Let's keep going. Then she fell on her face. She wasn't running. This was intentional, right? She fell on her face, bowing to the ground. This is a regular custom. Whenever you want to show appreciation, this was like, this was not weird. She would just get down and just go, whoa, like I'm humbled. There's that inner beauty again, right ladies? She's humble, she's beautiful. She bows down to the ground and she says to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, 
All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, this is what this guy did, all right? So, <laughs> guys, it's lunchtime, right? Not right now, in the story. It's lunchtime, and like all the workers, they get together at the workers' table, and they're like roasting their grain over the fire. They're like, popcorn, whoa, we invented popcorn. And they're like eating the grain, and they have like their bread and their hummus. And look what he does at mealtime. Boaz says to her, hey, Ruth, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. She was over 21. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. He didn't just say, hey, I'll leave some on the floor. He served her now. This is weird. Okay, this is getting weird. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. She's taking a doggy bag, people. She has some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull some from your bundles for her and leave it on the ground for her to glean and do not rebuke her. All right. This is Boaz's generous kindness. Do you guys get how generous he's being here? He promises her safety. He offers her water. He includes her in their mealtime. He serves her. And then he tells the workers, hey, don't just leave for the ones that fall off the pile. Grab some, throw them on the floor. Give her extra. Do you see his radical generosity here? Do you see how kind he's being? Friend, this is not just like, oh, what a good guy. Man, he was just, just really generous. No, no, you have to understand this. Please, guys, she was completely undeserving. She wasn't just like, oh, my coworker, I'm going to help her out today. She was completely undeserving. She was a Moabite. She was an outsider. She, she even says to him in, in her humility, she says, I'm not even one of your servants. Like, I don't, I don't even work for you. And you're treating me like I belong to you? What? She goes, if I would, could be your servant, like if I could like wash your feet, that would be an, um, an upgrade for me. That's how low I am. That's how undeserving I am. And yet for some reason, but for some reason, everybody go, huh, right? For some reason, I don't know, it must be coincidence. For some reason, he hears about her generosity. He hears about her kindness to her mother-in-law. He hears about her inner beauty. And he's just pouring on this generous kindness. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? All the ladies are like, where is that guy? No, no, but seriously though, right? Like, who is this guy who is showing this generous kindness? Let's look at the last part of our story here, okay? Verse 17, let's read this. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. 
So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. We see that when Ruth comes home, Naomi makes a startling discovery. And so here's Ruth. Guys, check it out, right? Like, remember how I told you in the beginning that like, if you're a gleaner, you're probably, it's not like super, you're not making a ton of money. You know what I mean? You're not gonna grow up and be a gleaner, but you're probably just, you want some food for a couple days, right? Three days tops. You're just trying to feed yourself, trying to get by, you go out and do it again. So Ruth, she's done gleaning, right? She's a Moabite. She doesn't know the drill. She's done gleaning and she's like, she goes to the, the locker room, let's say, the grain locker room, right? Hoorah! Goes to the locker room, and she's counting her income, right? It's like a waitress, counting her tips. Let's see what I got today. And she's taking it out of the bag, and she's like, is this good? Right? And it's like, all of a sudden, she realizes, wait a minute. I think I got more than a few days worth here. It says she has an ephah. She has enough for several weeks. She just got a paycheck for three weeks, right? And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get this home before somebody thinks I robbed him, right? And so she grabs the food and she runs home to Naomi and she's like, hey, remember? Remember how I told you I was going to, you know, go to the gleaning field, right? You remember that, right? I'm Ruth. Hi. Um, look what I got today, right? And Naomi's face, she's like, where did you glean today? Right? Imagine you set out your five-year-old to like go collect coins on the sidewalk and he comes back with like a pile of Benjamins. I'm like, mommy, look what I got. And you're like, uh, honey, I think we're harboring a fugitive here. Uh, and you're like, where did you rob a bank, right? Like, wouldn't that be kind of weird? That's Ruth right now. She comes home and she's like, look what I got. And Amy's like, where did you glean? And she goes, oh, I, you know, I found favor. Remember how I told you I wanted to find favor in some guy's eyes? I found favor and there was this man and he was an owner and oh, mommy should have seen him. He was so cool. And he had all these people working for him. And yeah, and his name was Boaz. And her mom nearly falls over. Her mother-in-law's like <gasps> choking on her like grain bone, right? She's like, she's like, did, did you just say Boaz? And she goes, yeah, Boaz. And she flips out. She's like, God, are you, are you kidding me right now? God, Boaz? And she says, he's one of our redeemers. And she uses this word redeemer. Do you guys know what a redeemer is? Let me, I'm going to illustrate it for you, right? Look at the definition on the screen here, and then we're going to illustrate it, right? A redeemer is a relative who can restore a family's hopeless situation, all right? You can write that one down and put it on your pillow tonight, all right? Just, just stitch it. Mom, a redeemer is a relative who can restore a family's hopeless situation, let me explain what I mean by that, all right? I need some volunteers. I already have them picked out. So let's, let's have, we're gonna, yeah, Aria, come up here real quick. Aria, come up here, right? Um, Quaylen, come up here. Ellie, who else? Josh, Isaac, come up here. We're gonna do a little skip for you guys. Come on, where's Brianna, right? Brianna, you're up here too? Come up here, right? We're gonna do a little, we're gonna do a little demonstration of a hopeless situation, okay? 
We're gonna do what a hopeless, Brianna, come over here. Come over to this end, right? So, so you guys slide down here, right? Slide down, right? Slide down, all the way, Whoop. you're gone. Out of the picture, you stay, you stay, you guys stay, right? So here, so here's Josh, right? Here's Josh, we're gonna give him an ancient Israelite name, right? What's your ancient, what is it? No, he's not Boaz. Oh, don't let it get to your head, buddy, not Boaz, right? So, uh, so here's this guy, right? And he's just, um, we're gonna call him Jechop, right? So here's Jechop, right? And this is um, Petunia, right? Um, that's not Hebrew, I don't know. But anyway, so here they are, right? And they just got married, ancient Israelite wedding. Everybody throw the rice, right? Chair dance, la la, you're good, right? And so now, wow, this is awesome, okay? This is happy, this is like God's blessing. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing, meaning marriage is good, he blesses it, he created it. But sometimes life gets hard, right? Sometimes life throws you curveball. Sometimes life becomes ashes. And so this young couple, they were, they were, they're in debt, okay? They're in debt and they can't pay off their debtors. And so what they need to do, they sell their land to pay off their debt. Oh, at least you're not in debt anymore, but now they have no land. How are they gonna make money, right? So here's their field, right? You're, like, you're doing your field thing, right? Do the field thing, right? Come on, come on, Ruth, right? You're doing the root, the field thing, but then, but then, but here's, here's the debt collector, and he says, hey, you owe me money. And what, do they have the money? They have no money. This is not like, hey, let me put out my credit card. In America, when you have no money, there are a million options, right? You got credit card, that's pretty much it. I guess there's one option, right? You got debt, okay? There's, there's lots of things. So he comes, and he goes, hey, I need money, and they say, I don't have it nor a cell phone. And so he says, well, I want my money now. I want it now. And so they give him his land. And so now the land that they owned over there, he owns it. So he gives him the deed, you walk away. He's now a landowner. These people have no way to provide for themselves. This is a hopeless situation. They have no hope. This is very dire. This is bad. But luckily they have a relative, okay? They have a relative who can come, a family member who's a part of their clan, and now she can say, as a redeemer, she says, I will re I'm a redeemer, meaning I can restore hope to your hopeless situation. And so she can go now and buy the title back, go buy it, right? She can buy it back and now bring it back into the family, because she's family. So now family now owns the land again, right? She redeemed their situation. Let's do another situation here, okay? So they're happily ever after, they're living, they do what all Israelite families do, and they make children. So now they have a child, Isaac, come here. Isaac, on your knees, please. On your knees, on your knees, right? So, on, no, both knees, both knees, right? Both knees, now listen, he's their child, he's their child, but we're gonna say he's like, he's like 17, right? He's not like a little boy, don't get weird here. He's like 17 years old, right? And now the debt collector comes along again, Debt collector comes along and he says, you owe me money, right? They don't have money, right? They don't even have like land to spare because there's other people living on it. And so here's what they would have to do. They would hire out their son, grab his hand, grab his hand. They would hire, they would give out their son. And that's why like, when you read the Old Testament and you see the word slave, when you see the word slave, don't think like African-American slaves, like in the, in the, in the, in the early, what are you doing? Yo, 
He's a boy, man, relax, right? This is not like African-American slaves brought over on slave ships from Africa. A slave, you can, like a debtor, right? Like he's going to work for him, but his paycheck is going for him. So instead of giving them money, he's now giving them labor. You get it? Man, that's a hopeless situation. Do you think he's going to just work for like a couple weeks and then come back home? No, he's going to be working there for years. He'll be like 30 before he can come back and pay off that massive debt. Unless there was somebody within the family, somebody in the clan who can now go into this hopeless situation and buy back, he can redeem the son. There's the money, walk the son back. You grew up by now. You grew up, yes. <laughs> You're older, he comes back, right? And so now this hopeless situation has been redeemed. Okay? Because of a redeemer. Let's do one more situation, right? One more situation, right? Here's a really hopeless situation. Guy, and this is like, I know we're kind of doing this funny, but you need to put, your, put yourself in that context and understand how hopeless this was. They get married. They have no children yet, but they have some land. But unfortunately, her husband dies. All right? Lay down. No, don't lay down. Stop. You're gonna, literally, you're gonna die. Just walk off, walk off, right? So the redeemer can raise him from the dead. No, 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 I'm kidding, right? No, no, but listen what happens. I want you to pay attention here, okay? I want you to pay attention. I want you to listen. You think, oh, unfortunate, she's a widow. Remember we talked about in week one, why is this such a hopeless situation? Where's her security? She doesn't have it. Who's her provider? doesn't have it. Who's going to take care of the land that she now owns? Ah, nobody, right? She's probably going to lose the land. Who's going to carry on the family name of her dead husband? Nobody, right? This is a hopeless situation. Her, in a, in a culture that your lineage was so important, in a culture where your family line was everything, her family is about to be wiped out of the history books. But wait a minute. Her dead husband had a brother, Right? And so this is, this is weird for American ears. I'm gonna be honest, right? But look what he does, right? So his brother, he comes over here and he says, listen, I know, he says, my dead brother, it's not his son anymore, all right? <laughs> it's, it's, that's bad. I need another guy, I guess, right? right? So he comes over and, and this is what he does. And this is not just like weird. This is actually a big sacrifice because instead of going on with his life and doing his thing, he says, I'm going to come and redeem this family line. And he's now going to marry his, his dead brother's wife, right? He's gonna marry his dead brother's wife. Why? Not to be weird, but when they have children, whose last name will the child have? The dead brother. That family line will continue in the dead brother. Who, 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 what, uh, whose last name or whose family name will be on the title of the land? His? Did he just gain all that land? No, no, no. He's just simply coming and restoring the family and the next generation, his family line now continues. Do you get it? A redeemer is a family member who can come in and restore hope to a hopeless situation. This was the situation, go back, go back, come here. This was the situation with Ruth and Naomi, okay? Naomi, her husband died. She had no one to carry on. Ruth, her husband died. She had nobody to carry on. And so here we are, friends. We're in we're a part of the story 
where Ruth, she comes home with all of this, th these examples of kindness. She comes home with all of this money, all of this food. And, she's, and Naomi's like, where did you glean? Did you rob a bank? Are, are, you, are you doing something I should not know about? I don't want to know. And she says, no, I was at some field. This guy named Boaz. And all the light bulbs go off because she realizes, everybody take out the paper from underneath your seat. She realizes Boaz is a man from the clan. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the big reveal, guys. Here's the big reveal. Boaz is a man from the clan. Boaz is a family member that can redeem the hopeless situation. Thank you, guys. You can take a seat. Thank you very much. That was very good. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. Here it is, guys. Listen. Boaz is a man who can step into this family situation because he's a man of the clan. He can step in and redeem this hopeless situation. And now here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Here's the question that the readers should ask themselves. What are the chances? What are the chances? What are the chances that the field that she wanders into belongs to a man named Boaz, a man who just so happens to be able to redeem their situation? What are the chances that the man who notices her and lavishes on all of this kindness also just so happens to be a man who can step in and continue and restore their family? What are the odds? Better question, as my wife would say, what are the evens, right? What are the odds? Friends, is this a coincidence? Is this a coincidence? No. Do you believe in coincidence, right? I, I love when people are like, I don't believe in coincidence. I'm like, we're both wearing red. Ooh, right? It's like, <laughs> yes, there, there's happenstance. But listen, the point of this story, when the light bulb goes off and you realize from back from verse one, whoa, that's who Boaz is. He's a redeemer. It's supposed to cause you to just go, what are the chances? This is not a coincidence. She's not lucky. The only explanation, and this is where we go here, okay? The only explanation for Ruth randomly walking into the field of a man who can redeem her entire situation, the only explanation is that we are witnessing the kindness of a God who makes beauty from ashes. The only, guys, the only explanation is that we are witnessing the invisible, sovereign hand of God working behind the scenes. And now, this is not coincidence, this is God, and we are seeing he's about to do something. God is about to redeem this situation. Two weeks ago, we were left with ashes, right? Two weeks ago, we were left with nothing but ruins, and we looked at this and we go, what good could possibly come from this? But this week, this week we see evidence. There's a God who is working behind the scenes and he's working together, the, the, all things together for the good of those who love him. And he's working behind the scenes and he's working even in the most difficult circumstances. And though there were ashes, though there was pain, though there was bitterness, though there were things in your life that made you go, what the heck? 
Why is this even happening? What good could possibly? Though there was that, this week we see hope. This week we see the kindness of a God who hasn't forgotten about our situation. And we realize, as you see it, guys, as you see Boaz and Ruth talking, and the narrator zooms out and he goes, oh, by the way, that's a redeemer. And you go, what are the chances that they just walked into each other? You start to realize here, you go, God is about to do something here. Guys, God is about to redeem Naomi's situation. God is about to make beauty from ashes. But I want you to pay attention to the method here. Remember this right here, right? Like, there was a hopeless situation. God wanted to restore them, and he brought a man. And so I want you to pay attention to the method. Yes, God is about to redeem the situation, but look at his method. Look how he does it. He does it by bringing a man to fulfill his plan. And his name was Boaz, okay? God wanted to redeem Naomi's situation, but he does it by bringing along a man who can now reflect God's goodness. A man that can reflect God's character. A man who can intervene in the situation and reflect God's compassion and love and mercy and generosity. When God wants to work his plan, he fulfills it by sending a man. And he's gonna redeem Naomi's situation by sending a man. The reason that that's important, the reason why Boaz is important for you guys the reason why God's method of sending a man to fulfill his plan is important for you guys is because God's method hasn't changed. Do you understand that? God's method hasn't changed. This is God's grace by sending a man, but it's the same way. And this is where, this is where, this is why Boaz is important for students at Union High School. This is why Boaz is important for students at Skyridge Middle School and Camus High. I mean, this is why the story is important because God, just like Brianna and Josh were here in hopeless situations, in the same way, he wants to take the brokenness of your lives. He wants to take the ashes of your life. He wants to look at the areas of your life that are hopeless situations, and he wants to restore them. He wants to redeem them. He wants to bring hope there. But the way that he does it, just like he did in Naomi's situation, he sends a man in order to fulfill his plan. Wait, are you telling me that Boaz is gonna, no, no, no. God sends a man and his name is Jesus. Do you see that this is a parable? This is a picture of what God has done for us. God sends a man and his name is Jesus to restore our hopeless situation. And so students, talk about ashes, right? Like we think ashes just means I lost my money. But like talk about ashes. Each one of us were born addicted to sin. Each one of us were born with broken hearts. Each one of us were born, and I don't care how nice you are, I don't care how smiley you are, each one of us were born and we were headed toward death. That's ashes. Those are ashes in need of redemption. But God sends Jesus and he took an area of our life that was headed for death and he restored it and now we're going toward life. He took our lives, he took our bodies that were addicted and slaves to sin and he's now given us a new purpose. That's restoration. 
He's taken our hearts that were broken and he's filled them with his spirit. That is restoration. And so the question for you tonight, as, as, we, as we go to respond, as you think about Ruth and Naomi's story, the question is, are you living for God's redeemer? Students, that's who Jesus is. Just like Boaz, God, Jesus is God's man to fulfill his plan. 